From down under to down south, follow the adventures of an Australian family who packed up and moved to the other side of the world to follow a dream of making a life in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm your host, Ozzy Mike, and together with Bicky, Bowie, and Bree Bree, we will share our daily craziness in an attempt to warn you or inspire you to make this transcontinental move. It's a big good day and welcome to another episode of Down Under to Down South. Aussie Mike in the chair and on this week's episode we'll take a look at sport in the US of A. Fill you in on who the top earners are in American professional sports. We'll take a peek at Aussie sports in comparison, review high school and college sports and try to understand why America is such a strong successful sporting nation. Australia has a population of 26 million people. Compare that to the US, which has a population of 340 million people, with California having almost 39 million, you can see the kind of depth that Australia has to battle against when it comes to sporting rivalry. But despite this, the US and Australia have developed really strong rivalries in multiple sports. They are two of the greatest powerhouses in the swimming pool, as we see at World Championships and Olympics. And it's in this sport where Australia tends to have our greatest rivalry, along with most of our victories against the Stars and the Stripes. We also love to compete against the Americans in basketball, recently scoring a famous victory in Melbourne, coming close on several occasions again. Our women's team, the Opals, have always had a strong rivalry against the U.S. women's team. In women's soccer, the Matildas have a strong rivalry against the U.S. women's team. Professional surfing has seen many years of Australian and American rivalry. And in tennis, Australia's Yvonne Goolagong used to battle against Chris Evert and Margaret Court against Billie Jean King. Way back in 1983, Australia caused a memorable win against the U.S. in the America's Cup, which actually ended the Americans' run of 132 years without defeat, leading the Australian Prime Minister at the time, Bob Hawke, to say that any Australian boss who fires his workers for not coming to work tomorrow is a bum. 40 years later, Australia still loves to talk about that one. And I know anytime we have a big Australian victory in some sort of sporting event, world event, they love to bring that one out and say, you got a bum if you get five for not coming to work tomorrow. I think a lot of the rivalry really stems from Australia's passion or, or need or want to be seen as the underdog. And typically we are. You know, we are a small population who really bats above what is expected of us. And when it comes to our rivalries against America, America is seen, you know, as this huge country that's always outperforming everybody else. And we need to go and, uh, and and cut them down, you know, from that top spot. The rivalry is is seen differently in America. I mean, yes, in swimming, absolutely, there is a definite rivalry that is seen there. But when it comes to these other sports, America doesn't really see Australia as a rival as far as basketball is concerned. So the rivalry probably sits more so on the Australian side than what it does on the American side. But let's have a look at where America's success actually comes from. Obviously, a lot of it comes from the sheer population. The market for professional sports in the U.S. is around $69 billion. That's roughly 50% larger than Europe, Australia, and the Middle East combined. All professional leagues enjoy wide-ranging media coverage, and with the exception of Major League Soccer, all of the professional competitions are considered to be the leading leagues on a global basis in their respective sports. There are obvious exceptions to this with sports that don't have a strong foothold in America, such as rugby union, rugby league, Aussie rules football, etc. Sports are closely associated with education in the U.S., with most high schools and universities having organized sports. And this is really where I think it helps to create a unique environment where college competitions in many parts of the country actually surpass professional sports. High school sport is hugely popular with teams in American football, basketball, soccer, baseball and volleyball, together with individual sports such as track and field, tennis, swimming and even wrestling. The NFHS network televises high school sports live and on demand and even 
even here locally, our local Mount Juliet High School, which are known as the Golden Bears. They have a very successful football team, which sells out games on a regular basis, together with strong competition in basketball, wrestling, track and baseball, amongst other sports. It's at the college level where I think America really has the competitive advantage against the rest of the world. Colleges collectively receive billions of dollars from TV deals, sponsorships, and ticket sales. In 2019, the total revenue generated by the NCAA Athletic Department added up to $18.9 billion. A key ingredient to college sports is scholarships and the opportunity to have your tertiary education paid for by being good at your chosen sport. We'll take a look at some scholarships in more detail in a later episode, but as an example, scholarships are offered in all of the popular sports, together with even things like water polo, wrestling, lacrosse, and cheerleading. Lacrosse being a sport that really has never taken taken a foothold in Australia at all, um, something that I am definitely keen to get out there and have a look at. So having a look at cheerleading, for example, the best colleges for it tend to also be the top-ranked colleges in the country. Teams that consistently place the competitions and have a well-established program, they're more likely to have funding available for their cheerleaders. So if you're fortunate enough to get a scholarship at, say, the top-ranked school, which is Stanford University in San Francisco, Typically, tuition at Stanford is $56,000 a year, but if you go in on a cheerleading scholarship, you will get your uh, cost down to $7,000 a year. Here in Nashville, when I ask people which football team they follow, the answer is commonly either Tennessee or Alabama. Sometimes you'll get Florida, maybe you might get Georgia, but uh, that answer, it refers to the college teams rather than the Tennessee Titans NFL team that's based here. So if you hear somebody here saying, hey, roll tide, it's safe to say that they're an Alabama fan. There is a large rivalry between the two schools and the annual football match between the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Tennessee Volunteers is known as the third Saturday in October. One of the coolest parts of this rivalry series has to be the Victory Cigars. So this tradition, it dates back to the 1950s when an Alabama trainer started handing out cigars after a win over the Volunteers. Both teams kept this tradition alive in secret because the NCAA was not happy promoting tobacco products to its student-athletes. In 2005, Alabama brought it back publicly. And since then, the winner of the third Saturday in October reports the violation to the NCAA and willingly pays the fine to keep the tradition alive. In the 2022 edition of this rivalry, Tennessee won the game 52-49, to ending a 15-year losing streak which led to fans invading the field and tearing down the goalposts, which were later recovered from the adjoining river. Not going to go into details of what happened in this year's version of it, but let's just say that the team in orange did not win. I should also mention just how big these crowds are that come along to the college football games. In fact, Nayland Stadium, which is where Tennessee play, it's out in Knoxville, which is in eastern Tennessee. They sit over 100,000 people at these games. Now, I don't know about you, but thinking back to Australia and looking at universities, can you imagine 100,000 people going to see, say, Australian National University or ANU play against Canberra University? No way. Absolutely not. So college sports really is on another level in America. So from high school to college, let's take a look at professional sports in the U.S. So professional teams in all major sports in America operate as franchises within a league, meaning that a team may potentially be moved to a different city if the team's owners believe that there will be a financial benefit. Most of these franchise moves are usually subject to some form of league-level approval. I mean, recent ones I can think of, like the NFL, for example, where you had the Oakland Raiders, which were then moved to Las Vegas. You had the San Diego Chargers, which were then moved to... 
Los Angeles. There's been talk lately that Nashville is going to get a Major League Baseball team. I was talking to someone the other day who thought maybe Milwaukee would move down here, but it's all subject to approval and obviously the market. They're looking to see the biggest crowds and you know where they can get the biggest bang for their buck because sport is all about the dollars. All major sport leagues in America use a similar type of regular season schedule with a postseason playoff tournament. Now, in addition to the major league level organizations, several sports also have professional minor leagues. So for baseball, again, for example, you've got minor league baseball. In Nashville, we have the Nashville Sounds, which are a minor league team, and they are used as a feeder team to some of the major league teams. There is no promotion or relegation in any of the American leagues. And I think a lot of that probably comes down to the amount of money that's paid for that franchisee license. They don't then want to see their team get relegated down to the second division and then lose all of their money. When we take a look at international sports based on the Olympic Games, World Championships and other major competitions, the United States is the most successful country in so many of these sports. Athletics, swimming, figure skating, there's just so many different sports that America excels at. The most successful nation in the world. They've been referred to by some as the pinnacle of world sports. They placed first in the Summer Olympic medal table 18 times out of 29 Summer Olympics and 28 appearances. And unlike most other nations, the U.S. government does not provide funding for sports nor for the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee. Very big difference to Australia, where the Australian government actually does contribute a substantial amount of money to the training and development of sportsmen and women in our country. So next, let's take a look at comparisons between professional sports in Australia and the US. And we're going to start that by having a look at what the top sports are in each country and then who the highest paid players are in those respective sports. Now, in Australia, the number one sport in Australia is Aussie rules or Australian football. A lot of Americans love this sport. In fact, I was having a conversation with someone the other day who asked me if I knew who the guy was with the mullet and the short shorts. He was, of course, referring to Warwick Kappa from way back. It must have been in the 80s. He used to play for the Sydney Swans. So Aussie rules are the most popular sport in Australia. And it's a game that dates back to the 19th century. So much tradition in Australian culture. As far as Australian rules is concerned, it's the most watched sport. There's an average of 500,000 people that watch on TV per game. And the number one paid player in Aussie rules, Dustin Martin of the Richmond Tigers, who this year was paid $1.35 million. Now, all the figures I'm going to give you, they are not inclusive of any endorsements. But a $1.35 million salary. Rugby League would be the number two sport in Australia, and it is represented by the NRL. It's teams that are represented in both Australia and New Zealand. I have heard rumors that Papua New Guinea is going to get a team, which I am super excited about seeing the Kumuls play in Rugby League. Who's the highest paid player in 2023 in NRL? It is Kalen Ponga of the Newcastle Knights, who's earning $1.4 million, debuted back in 2016. $1.4 million a year. Coming in a close second, Nathan Cleary from the Panthers would have thought he would have been earning a little bit more, but $1.3 million. We've also got Cameron Munster of the Melbourne Storm, who is at $1.25 million. The number three most popular sport in Australia is cricket. And Australia is one of the headliners of this sport all around the world. In fact, I think we've won the World Test Championship. We've won the One Dayers, the T20s. I mean, there's a whole bunch of different things that we've won. It's one of Australia's favorite sports. It goes back to 1803. And of course, one of the famous things that Australia does is that we play against England every year for the Ashes. So cricket is played by more than a million Australians. And in 2015, when Australia defeated New Zealand to win the Cricket World Cup, over 4 million people actually watched that one. The highest earner in cricket is Pat Cummins, who earns a $2 million a year retainer, not including what he gets paid to go and play in, say, the Big Bash League or, or the IPL or wherever it else it is that he goes and plays. 
The Australian cricket team is the most consistently followed national team. They don't really rely on the World Cup, which is every four years, in order to be relevant. And when you look at some of the greats of cricket, like Donald Bradman, Adam Gilchrist, Shane Warne, they are legends of Australian folklore. And they really are held on a larger basis in a much higher esteem than the likes of Andrew Johns, Wally Lewis, Lee Matthews, Wayne Carey, etc. And I know certainly talking to people from the subcontinent here in America, run into a lot of people from India and Pakistan. One of the first things that they love to talk about is cricket and talk about Shane Warne. In terms of involvement and player numbers, soccer is the most popular team sport in Australia with kids under the age of 13, with 43% of team sport playing juniors taking up the round ball game. Basketball is second with 30% share and cricket comes in third at 25%. In absolute terms, however, they are a long way behind swimming which has a 33% participation rate of all kids, whatever sport it is that they go and do. Soccer comes in at 13%, gymnastics is at 10%, and tennis at 6% as well. Rugby league for kids actually only ranks at number 11, and rugby union ranks at number 15, which is amazing when you think about it, considering that the two most viewed sports, Aussie rules and rugby league, are not even in the top three. What does that mean for sport in the future in Australia? I think it probably says a little bit more about parents not wanting their kids to play contact sports and get injured um, and maybe letting them do it as they get a little bit older from there. So in conclusion, soccer really is probably the popular sport every four years, especially if Australia's national team, the Socceroos, are doing well. But most people probably couldn't name five of our domestic players from the A-League. Aussie Rules and the AFL does a fantastic job as far as garnering crowds. It has a membership structure for their teams that the National Rugby League competition could really only dream of. Aussie Rules is far superior as far as match day experiences is concerned. And having been a regular going to Sydney Swans games when I lived back home, I mean, I can certainly vouch for that. As far as Australia's national sport is concerned, really cricket, you know, it has an overall reach and the relevance of being a truly national team that a lot of people can support. So before we take a look at professional sports in the US, let's have a look at who the top five earners are as far as Australian athletes are concerned on a global scale. Now coming in at number five, we've got Liam Hendricks, who plays baseball. He is a major league baseball pitcher. He's making $20 million a year. Jordan Mailata, who plays American football, he is making $21.5 million a year. We've got Cameron Smith, who plays golf. He comes in at number three, estimated to be making $30 million this year, that's excluding his LIV contract. Coming in at Number two, we've got Daniel Ricciardo, one of my favorites. He's an F1 driver, rumored to be driving back again for Red Bull next year, but this year he made $36 million. And who is the highest paid Australian sports star anywhere on the planet? It's Ben Simmons, NBA player here in the US of A. He's making $51 million a year. So let's take a look now at professional sports in America rank of popularity and coming in at number five it's ice hockey ice hockey at the top level in america is played in the nhl which stands for the national hockey league and it's home to 32 different teams 25 of which are in america and seven of them are in canada the number one earner as far as hockey is concerned is a canadian and he plays for the colorado avalanche it's nathan mckinnon he makes 16.5 million dollars a year so in ice hockey the teams are playing for what's called the stanley cup which basically is a seven game playoff series at the end of the season and here in Nashville we have a team in the NHL it's called the Nashville Predators fantastic atmosphere if you ever get a chance to go to an ice hockey game do it the atmosphere is amazing 
the number four professional sport in America is soccer, which is probably the top sport in Europe. But here, America is certainly starting to grow as far as interest is concerned. What really hurt soccer in America was the fact that the US men's team failed to qualify for the last World Cup. We are hosting the World Cup, though, very soon, so we're probably going to see a big peak in interest. The number one paid player in America, as far as soccer is concerned, in the MLS, which is the Major League Soccer League, is Zerdan Shakiri, who plays for the Chicago Fire. He earns $8.1 million a year. He's actually a Swiss national, even though he has a Albanian background. Now, in soccer as well, Nashville has a team. We have got Nashville SC, and pretty good team, actually. We, we've got some great players to play for us. Just recently, we built a purpose-built soccer stadium in Nashville, and we hosted Miami FC, who the one and only Lionel Messi actually played for. Tickets to go and see Miami play at Nashville here in Nashville, they were starting at around six to seven hundred dollars per ticket because Lionel Messi was playing. Coming in at number three, no nationally as America's national pastime is baseball. The sports that continue to receive significant attention from American sports lovers. The star-studded Major League Baseball or MLB features a whole lot of players known for their remarkable antics. There is a lot of characters that play in Major League Baseball. Now when we look at the number one paid baseball player in America, it's Justin Verlander. He is the starting pitcher for the Houston Astros earning $43.3 million per year. The number two ranked sport in America is basketball. It's one of the most notable sports in the country and it has been played for over a century, producing some of America's most eminent personalities. The sport has garnered significant attention at various levels from high school basketball to college basketball to the prestigious NBA and the Women's National Basketball Association or WNBA. Of those Americans citing their favorite sport, basketball is ranked second only behind the one that comes in at number one. However, in regards to revenue, the NBA is ranked third in popularity. More Americans play basketball than any other team sport. And the number one earner in basketball is Steph Curry of the Golden State Warriors, earning $51.9 million a year. We've got Kevin Durant from the Suns at $47 million, Nikola Jokic at $46.9 million from the Denver Nuggets. We've got Joel Embiid at $46.9 from the 76ers. And the one that they call the greatest of all time, LeBron James from the LA Lakers. He's earning this year $46.9 million a year. And that brings us to our number one sport in America, and really, it's not even close. In recent polls, 40% of Americans name this their number one sport, with basketball coming in at number two at 15%. It's a sport that was incepted in New Jersey in 1869, and of course, it is American football, which over 100 years later, it is the most popular sport in the US of A. Football, it has the most participants of any sport as far as high school and college levels. The vast majority of its participants are obviously male, and the NFL has the highest average attendance at 68,000 people of any professional sport league in the world. It has the highest revenue out of any single professional sports league and at $16 billion in revenue, it's the most profitable sports league in the world. So who is the number one paid player in American football? It's the Cincinnati Bengals quarterback, Joe Burrow who is on $55 million a year or a five-year contract worth $275 million a year. At number two, we've got Justin Herbert, also a quarterback of the Los Angeles Chargers. He's only $52.5 million a year. Just behind him, Lamar Jackson at $52 million. 
Jalen Hurts of the Philadelphia Eagles at $51 million, and at number five, Russell Wilson, now of the Denver Broncos, who's earning $49 million a year. When it comes to TV viewership, more than three times as many people watch American football as the next most popular sport on TV being baseball. Basketball ranks in at number three, soccer and ice hockey kind of battle it out for four and five, but American football is the king in the land of the stars and stripes. There are two other sports that I wanted to mention before we wrap up this week's episode, the first one being lacrosse. And lacrosse is a sport that is widely popular in America, believed to have originated from the Iroquois Indians or Native Americans, and it is really popular in the East Coast area, really from Maryland to New York. Its roost remains in the East. It is played across the country, and you know, as far as college level is concerned, lacrosse, very popular sport. The other one I wanted to mention was NASCAR. NASCAR, which is stock car racing, and really as a whole, it's a sport that traces its roots back to the moonshine runners during Prohibition, who grew to compete against each other in a show of pride. This happened notably in North Carolina, and official series were founded in 1948. For many years, NASCAR had been under criticism for allowing the Confederate flag to be flown during races. And, you know, when you look at NASCAR, it is so popular in the South. But back in 2015, they tried to ban the Confederate flag being flown during races. And that was following on from the Charleston Church shooting. But this did not end the practice. Then we had a driver by the name of Bubba Wallace, who was the only African-American NASCAR top circuit driver. He drove the 2020 Spring Martinsville race in a car with black. Lives Matter livery, and then also appeared in an anti-racism video with a number of white drivers. In 2020, in the wake of protests related to the incident with George Floyd, NASCAR announced that the display of the Confederate flag will be prohibited from all of its events and properties. And that, my friends, is a comparison between sport, America, and Australia. I guess if you're really wanting to make some money, you want to try to learn some American football. And at the end of the day, why America has such a competitive advantage in sport against the rest of the world, it comes down to two things, population and money. Thanks for joining us on From Down Under to Down South. We'll catch you again next time. Stay safe, everybody.